seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You Cafe. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week, Lee Chambers and I discussed the question, how can we embed well-being in all aspects of our life? We received a number of responses that further deepened dialogue. Joining us today on the Get to Know You Cafe is Kelly from the Burn Bright Podcast. Welcome back, Kelly. Hi, Tiffany. How are you doing? Very well. So glad to have you back. So glad to be back. I love this podcast. Love that you always come on for me. I love it. <laughs> love that we connected. <laughs> so earlier you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect, and you've also listened to the episode. Prior to listening to the different responses, what are your thoughts on the discussion? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so thoughtful, and it really gave a different take on wellness itself and really made me think critically on what we have kind of done wrong, I think, in popular culture, you know, in our efforts, I think, well-meaning to talk about wellness and to infuse wellness into the world at large. I think in some ways, what you and your guests were talking about, we missed the point. And we've kind of lost on what wellness is. And one of the things that really was a take home for me was that wellness isn't ease. And for me, I talk a lot about ease as being a way of life. And that wasn't necessarily what you guys were saying is a bad thing, but that we have taken, we've gotten away from the fact that you have to work hard to be well, and that we have shortcutted it with people thinking, you know, I'm going to grab quick food and that like 30 minutes of meditation is somehow going to shortcut building foundational concepts of living well into my life. And that was just really, for me, I was like, yes, saying yes a lot in the episode. Like, yes, that's so true. And I think, again, there's been a well-meaning push for wellness, but we've lost the point. We want to do like quick fixes, like give me five minutes of wellness. And that is not building a well life. No, absolutely. I like how he put it. He's called it, what did he call it? His shoe, we're shoehorning wellness yes. into our lives which I thought was yes. quite true and interesting yeah we absolutely are people are like yeah I'm I've done 30 minutes of yoga and so I am a, you know I am aware of my well-being yes and you can't buy wellness too he was talking about that too like this notion that you can go out and buy wellness that you can shortcut it you can shoehorn wellness into your life all of that was it just really resonated with me and that Time can't be managed was another concept that I thought was really great that he talked about how we have this concept that we need to manage time and, and, you know, really control it. And he was saying, that's not what we should be focused on. We need to do attention management, which I thought that was such a great idea and how that's more key to wellness than time management. Time is finite and time's going to tick by and it's going to move on whether we have control of it or not. So let's let go of that. But let's instead put more energy into where our attention goes 
And I thought that was really powerful too about how that is a key or a tool to wellness versus the concept of time management. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like he, he went on, like, you know, I guess the whole thing about being presence and that presence is charisma. Yes. And that yes. was a, a nice how I like that. And the aspect. energy, like when people mm-hmm. are present, how it's energy bouncing back and forth. Because it was like a ball that you bounce back and forth. And that's how it's this a concept of charisma. And I really like that too, because that is true that the only way you get a connection with somebody, right, is if they're present and listening to you. And absolutely. it's true. And how that also is a tool of wellness that we all need connections as well. And you only get that if you are present. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some of the listeners sent some questions in that I'm so glad that you're here to answer them. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So we'll read some of these responses. So there were some perspectives or they raised some questions. So the first response is from Kayla from Madrid. She said, how can you feel well-being? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> how can you, how can you how can feel, feel? well being? Because it's a feeling, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I think that goes back to also the episode, right? That you guys were talking about how we have gotten away from intuition and how we have disconnected from our bodies and gone straight into our brains. And so we don't feel wellness. Like you guys actually. To talk about that in the episode, right? You said that people are unable to feel, which is hence the question. You're unable to feel when you're well. And I think it is this feeling. I think that question also says so much about the fact that we have lost the ability to be well because we don't know what wellness feels like. And I think it's an absence of pain. It's calm. I think that it's just like stillness in our, in mm-hmm. our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I think some of the things I can define it by what it's not more than what it is. And I think surprisingly to some people, I don't think it's like euphoria. I don't think there's anything wrong with euphoria, Mm. but I think wellness is more like this is more stillness and kind of a consistency of just peace. Like your body isn't, you know, hyper, hyper on or excited, but it also isn't depressed or sluggish like it's like it's when you feel like your best like I I try to think of like the times I've been at like peak wellness for myself Mm -hmm. I have been completely calm and at, at peace like still like just feeling like okay I'm good and grounded I think I would say is how I have felt or what I think wellness feels like grounded I felt connected to a person and like the energy of like a really good conversation, mm. which can be exciting, but also can just be like really satisfying when you yeah. have a great conversation. I think that's like my attempt to explain what wellness is and feeling it more than once. Cause I think mm-hmm. that it's, it's something that you can feel consistently over and over again. You can kind of achieve more days than not. Yeah. That's yeah. I like, I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, I was thinking like, is wellness meant to be something that is consistently like we have 24 hours in the day? Are we Mm -hmm. saying we're living a well, like, you know, we're, it's like a a well life if it's like 20 hours a day? Are we meant to be in this calm state for chunks at a time? Is that considered being in like, you know, aware of our well-being or is it, I, I don't, 
is it meant to be like five days of the week we're in wellness we're in, and seven days like these two days we're just not I don't I mean, know. I feel like it's What's... probably not possible in this world. I mean, I feel like, is it realistic to say we're going to be well 24 seven? I don't think it's possible. No. Honestly, I mean, I, I just don't think it is. But I think it's like we, we're striving for feeling that way more days than not. And we're striving to kind of stay in that in that space, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, like, it's like a, trying to be like that optimal performance. I think of like an athlete, right? And how they try to stay in like an optimal performance when they're they're in their sport, and so they're they're trying to hit that place, and they know they're not going to always be in that space, but they try to stay there more days than not. And I think for us, that's that's kind of what you're striving for, um, versus like saying I'm going to be 20 hours of wellness versus 24. I think it's just more like a constant striving to be in that space versus not, and you're and that's the journey. It's like you're trying to stay more well than not versus breaking it down to days or hours. Um, and trying to be there than not. But I don't know that anybody is, uh, maybe there are people out there that have attained it, but I don't know there's anybody who is attaining it all the time just because life kind of kicks you out, right? You're constantly fighting for equilibrium, right? Balance is like this thing where you're always trying to find it, right? You're never perfectly in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking now, like when you're when, when we're talking about well being, mm-hmm. are we were we always like kind of mistakenly saying, oh, you know, when people are like, oh, I, I want to be happy, or people sometimes like, oh, just be happy, or blah blah blah, happiness, happiness, happiness. But is it really like happiness? Are we kind of just saying it's happiness, but really it's well being? Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think happiness and well being are not the same thing at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't be happy <laughs> while you're well, right? Um, because obviously I think people who are well are probably pretty happy people, Mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, satisfaction, there's, there's other things that are, you know, happiness can be this like state or joy, right. Is like the state of like excitement and, you know, you're, you're really in this peak of like a feeling and that can Mm -hmm. be fleeting. Well-being is like a state that you're trying to sustain, right? And nobody can sustain joy all the time, even mm-hmm. if you're having a good day. Like, I'm having a great day today. I'm not necessarily in, in a state of joy, mm-hmm. but I'm in a good place. Like, I'm like, today's a good day. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, well-being is, like, a more of a state that you sustain because you're doing many different things to keep you there versus a joy is a feeling you may, you're easy to dip in and out of. And I think we mistake, you know, no one's life isn't about being happy all the time because you're not, that's not even realistic. Well, being is much more of a state that you can sustain or something you should be striving for because well being is about being physically well and mentally well and, you know, emotionally well and connecting with people versus happiness is something that is, is not necessarily attached to actions. And you're going to come in and out of that feeling based on many things. I mean, the minute you are thirsty, the happiness meter kind of goes down, right? And you need to go get some water versus like well-being. It's just like, well, I'm going to get some water and I'm I'm well again. It's it's just very, happiness is much more fleeting. Sure, sure. When you're, when we're, when I'm looking at this question, I think for me, I'm, I see, I like what you were saying about it and like a theory and like what it is to feel well. Um, I think though when you're looking at uh your emotions that are not well but you're feeling them in a well amount it's going yes. to be too much well feeling them in a well being way 
Yeah. Is that, do you kind of get No, I think, yeah, because I think anger, sadness, I think feelings and wellness are not, they're not the same thing. You can separate them. Feelings are not good or bad, right? And you can be very well and feel sad and angry and all of those things. And that's all part of wellness. And I think that's getting at your point that we should not be striving for happiness. We should be striving for wellness because a feeling has nothing to do with wellness. <laughs> you can be a perfectly well person and then be upset because part of wellness might be being upset at injustice and being angry at seeing something happening around you. That doesn't make you unwell any mm-hmm. more than being happy makes you a well human being, right? Because one doesn't have anything to do with the other. So I think you're absolutely right. I think you have to separate those things very far apart from each other. And it's not striving to have a feeling. It's striving to be in a state, which is what you guys were talking about in your podcast and the episode. It's, it's striving to hit the state of it being in tune with your body, being in tune with your emotions and your well, your intuition, um, and whatever that feeling is, you're so in tune with it that you are able to maintain the state of balance, whatever that emotion is. And so your emotions come and go, and you react and respond to them appropriately. Absolutely. And I think that's more wellness than it is chasing a feeling or labeling a feeling good or bad. Exactly. I like how you put it. So our, our second response is from Mo from Saudi Arabia. He said, in some cultures, some refer to well-being in one way and others in another. What can and cannot be considered well-being? <laughs> These are good questions. <laughs> I mean, I think to kind of answer the question in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. That it depends on your culture. Like, I'm not going to say what can and cannot be because I, that's a very good point. It depends on your culture. And for some people, but the if word well-being... If it's psychology based, right, is psychology okay. different than in, like it's mental? We're talking about the brain and humans. You're not saying okay. humans when you're studying psychology. You're not saying American humans or, or, or uh, you know or um, Singaporean humans. You're saying psychology right. and, and the mind and people. So isn't there is there just for humans better or ways that is considered well being and other ways that aren't? I don't know. That's what I'm looking at it like. So that's interesting because <laughs> that, that goes down a really interesting discussion. So if you're looking psychologically on what makes someone well or unwell, then you're looking at like brain chemistry, right? And what mm-hmm. just makes someone just the same thing, like objectively, right? Completely objectively, what makes a person well or unwell? Like if you look at the physical body, right? If somebody is cut objectively, it's not a cultural thing. It's like, no, you're bleeding, you're cut. That's just a thing, right? Yes, yes. If you look psychologically, that's really interesting because there's very few mental health conditions that is universal and based on brain, true brain chemistry mm-hmm. that you find in every culture across the world. And to date, I think we're up to maybe three. I could be wrong. Um, but it's schizophrenia, bipolar, and post-traumatic stress syndrome mm-hmm. are across the board. Every Because it's a brain chemistry deficiency and you can find it on brain scans you can see it and you can say yeah that person has schizophrenia it's found everywhere whether they have the language for it in the culture or not it's just objectively a thing what's interesting is so many of the other disorders that are in manuals that treat mental health 
they're not found. There's no language for it and they're mm. not found in other cultures. Mm. And so when it comes to, and, and then there's the concept of mental health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And in different cultures, they mean different things. Like yeah. I, when we're talking about mental illness, again, those three things show up, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and post-traumatic stress disorder show up on brain scans. And it's the same thing like cutting someone. It's like, that's objective. When you're talking about mental health or well-being, right, that becomes much more subjective. Like what is health? What is good enough and, and balanced in a culture? That varies wildly. Like what somebody thinks is a healthy person is very different mm. across cultures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the interesting things when you look at now you go back and look at the discussion you guys had, which is why this question came up, some of the cultures might argue, well, you know, well, I don't think, you know, people should listen to their intuition. I think people should listen to their parents and that their parents know what's best for them, right? Or I think culturally that we should, you know, what's wrong with eating McDonald's and getting things quicker? Because then if they get things quicker, you can produce more. And what's wrong with wanting to produce more? Isn't producing more better? And so it's a good question because there are things that are objectively you can find and there's other things that are are not. But what we can say with well-being is that there are some things that show up in your body that hurt you. Like objectively eating crisps as as (laughs) you guys are talking about well, if you just ate that, that is going to harm you Mm. and you are going to get really sick. So we can objectively say that some of the things that we are doing across any culture is going to harm you physically and you're going to get sick. And the way that we are living, particularly in Western culture, the way that we do live our lives and the way that we are stressed, it is impacting our bodies. So we can argue that that is not well-being, that we do need to exercise more. We do need to eat better, at least physical well-being and then stress and its toll on the body is unhealthy. So you can kind of start looking at from that framework to see like what the outcomes are physically on people rather, and say that that's a predictor of what well-being should be. It should be the opposite of that. (laughs) But it gets really tricky when you start saying like, what should it be? Is it listening Mm. to your intuition or is it listening to your community? What makes people more healthy and happier? That gets really tricky. Yeah. That is, but it's great though. But it's really tricky. It is. It is really tricky. And what about when you're looking at, like, could some things be? I'm uh, obviously questions pop up in my head. If if, could some things be good for your physical well being, but then bad for your emotional well being, or good for your emotional well being, but bad for your mental well being? Could or is one whatever is good for like your physical well-being will be also good for your emotional and mental well-being. I suppose there's probably, and then that question, and now there's like questions that pop up in my head, short-term versus long-term. Because mm. mm-hmm. there's some things that could be short-term, really great for your physical well-being, not great for your emotional long, well-being long-term. Like drugs, sex, all those things might be good short-term, because of what they might do like on the short term to your body, but not great maybe long-term for your physical or your emotional well-being or something, or even your physical or like reverse it, right? There's some things that might be great for your like emotional well-being, 
that may not be great for your physical well-being long term. Like if you take a drug, it might make you feel really great. But then if like you keep taking that drug, it's like, no, it's not going to be great for your body long term. Yeah, or our relationships sometimes a right. like short specific could be great emotional well being, yes. great for that short period of time, but not great yes. for your mental well being over a long period of time. Yes, so that's would be more like short term versus long term. Yes, you could get some benefits, and it could be split. Like something might be really great for you, your body, but not great for your mind or your emotions, or something might be really great for your emotion or your mind long term, not great for your body. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see that. So then how do you balance that out if we're doing this right now? How is that something? Well, I think it goes back to the episode, though. Like, that was exactly the point. Listening. Like, we're, we're, we're going right into the trap that was being discussed, which is, like, That's that true. trying to shoehorn wellness into yeah. this, like, splitting hairs. Uh, how can I do 30 minutes of yoga and count it as well-being, right? Like, what, how can I shortcut wellness, which is the point? You can't. Because ultimately, there is no real shortcut to wellness. Like, you just have to build it into who you are and be really thoughtful and get to know yourself, which is like the premise of what you're this podcast, this great experiment that you're saying is like about getting to know yourself, because that's the only way to really find the well being that's gonna take care of all those things that you need long term. Like, find anything that's gonna take care of your body, take care of your mind take care of your like emotions as well so that you don't have to play this like game of like, okay, I'm going to do this thing right now. Cause it's going to take care of this right now, but then I got to switch it to this because that, cause that ultimately doesn't work long-term, but that's, I think like, honestly, that's what we do all the time. Like that's exactly what we're doing all the time on some level. Like we're eating or we're getting drunk on like a Friday. Cause it feels really good in the moment And then we're swapping it out for like this relationship that feels really good in the moment for like our emotions. And then we're swapping it out for like this thing that feels really good for our body for like 30 seconds. Like we're playing this game all the time. We're trying to do like well, well being in these short spurts Mm. and sacrificing like all the time, sacrificing one thing for another and then trying to quick fix it with another thing. And it doesn't work ultimately. And we're all like miserable, like mild (laughs) depressants all the time. Like, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, okay. So now we have a third response um, from Dan from the Netherlands. He said, "Has the Western world developed a preconception of the notion of well-being that it overlooks its simplicity?" Oh, for sure. Don't you think? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like. I don't know. I think it depends, I guess, yes, when we're looking at it in uh, cultures such as, like, you know, you know, the Nepalese culture or things like that there or the Thai culture, um, and it's so simple and people are living in a, I would say, um, a happier state of mind for or longer periods of time. Um, but then I think there are other cultures that – don't have this at all in the western culture no like other like other cultures outside of the western world but come into the western world and try and adopt them or they've come from cultures that don't have it like some like i think there's in some there would be in some cultures 
uh, around the world that there's probably isn't a, a word for well-being or there or there isn't a practice of it. Yes. It's probably like, what is this hocus pocus? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And there's probably some cultures that are like really struggling to survive where well-being isn't a thing because it's like um, eating would be awesome. Like, yeah, just, like survival would is the is the focus of the culture. Therefore, what like you said, the word well-being isn't in the language because we're just trying to eat. Yes. And there is a trade-off there. Like they're like, we'd give anything to have Western world problems. So so you're I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes we do need to remind ourselves of that when we beat up on Western culture that there are people who are just like that isn't exist because that word is a luxury. That's a luxurious word that doesn't exist in our language. Um and so yes, let's start with that. And then I was gonna go straight to we absolutely do over we do overkill wellness. And the best way to illustrate that is the fact that I have two apps on my phone that are well-being apps. Nothing says we don't know how to do simple. Like the fact that I have two apps on my phone for wellness, (laughs) one of which I don't know how to use because it's so complicated. (laughs) I get it out and I'm like, okay, how do I use the meditation app on this? And how do I do the sleep sounds? And it has like, I'm on like part two of a seven part series on sleep and how to get to sleep. But then I can't figure out how to turn that. I'm not even kidding you. This is like a thing that happened last night. I couldn't figure out how to turn out, turn on the sleep app and then get it to switch to the sleep noises to help mm. me sleep better for my well-being. And then in the morning, I switched to another app and I thought to myself, okay, we're in the upside down. Like I can't figure out how to use the apps to help me be well. Shut the apps. And that's when I shut the apps. And said, we need to just, I need to go to the mirror with myself and figure out what am I doing? Because this is not right. So absolutely, we can complicate well, well-being. And maybe I should just take in a walk before I went to bed. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably what, in many of those other cultures, is what they do. They do go for a walk. They do right, just, right. They, they sit by the lake and listen to the water. They just sit in the forest just, and take a seat on the floor. That's what they do. <laughs> right. Or have a cup of tea, like yeah, just like exactly. have some boiled water. Like it's not that serious. They have a cup of tea and they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to bed now." And I'm yeah. standing there being like, "I want the sound of the crickets <laughs> and the forest." And how do I cue that up? Oh, I can't hit that button. Instead of just being like, "Why don't we just why don't why don't we just take a walk? How would we do that in the forest?" I mean that that's the level of silly that we're at with wellness sometimes in mm. Western culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know. At, at, Another thing too with that we're saying is that in the like Western culture, we we do have this, like we're saying, like, you know, other most other cultures, like I don't they're not they don't know if they're gonna get the next meal or they've got the food for the week and that's the focus. Like, oh, we've got food. That's our wellness. We we're eating or you know, it's not something that, you know, they don't have time to see if they're well. They don't have time to it's like insignificant mental work for them yes yes they don't have existential crises like we do every day and there's a and again it's about balance like you should be able to think and dream and think beyond yourself and to project to like a future where you're like I want to think about what could be and where I could be like you don't there is something beautiful about self-actualization but then the step beyond that is like complete neuroticism, right? <laughs> Where it's like, 
now I'm having a crisis. I went straight from like, oh, what could be to, oh God, what could be, what is happening to me? I, I don't know who am I going to be? What's happening? Why am I alone? Like, and I think we've gone the step beyond that. And there's that balance point where we have crossed over from what could be to what's happening. And we're on a loop of anxiety that impacts our well-being, right? And that they are not mentally burdened by thinking about that because they're trying to live. And we are like paralyzed with these kind of like thought loops of anxiety of like, what am I doing with my life? Why haven't I, why haven't I done this? What, what's going to happen around the corner? And we're thinking about that stuff all the time too, which impacts our well-being. Yes, absolutely right. So we need to be like, it, and it's funny too, like even though we are busier in the Western world, we still have time to think about these things. There's other people who are, they're, they're like, you know, they're quite busy too, but they don't, like it's like they don't have time or their their brain doesn't give them time or I don't know, these things aren't, aren't, aren't op, you know, opportunities to think about. I think they move their bodies more too. I wonder if that's part of it too. Like I think, I think back to Logan, people like in farming culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when you're just, so physically exhausted your brain just is like uh shutting down like they just yeah they can't they can't catch up anymore it's like just go to bed right and yeah, we yeah. just we do a lot more brain work and yeah. we also are overstimulated all the time we multitask with our brains all the time mm-hmm. and i think we're just constantly at this level of like stimulation where we're getting input all the more anxious It cut out for like three seconds or like oh. five seconds. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. So, yeah, it says all the time. It was good. And then it says something more anxious. I got that. Oh, it makes us more anxious. I don't think, I don't remember what I said. I don't think we're able to like, I think it makes us more anxious and we're not able to kind of make ourselves relax like we, we should and able to kind of, it, our brains don't kind of cut off the way I think it, it would if we were just working physically, like I think other cultures do. Yeah, I think that's, I reckon that's probably it. So like, you like uh, I would put it down to, to physical. And I think too, like, because they are physical so much, they don't have time to look at their phones. They don't have time to go on a computer. They don't have, they don't have any of that time as well. So it's really, really, a lot of it is people, people interaction and you know a lot of it is when they do want to just reset it's i want to be with my friends i want to be with my you know they want to be social yes so they don't want to do this whole computer tv uh, uh you know iphone because they don't have these things through all these resources as well the constant stimulation of data input which makes yeah. you like more anxious and like Anyway, and then you want yeah. to like find out more. And it, I think it makes you question yourself more, question more things. Like I think there is such a thing as too much knowledge and knowing stuff all the time right away. And it makes you like constantly thinking all the time and not in a productive way at all. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, this this has been an interesting cafe. I love all the questions that listeners uh, sent through, and I love that you were here to answer these ones because I thought <laughs> these were super tricky. And uh, yeah, so I love to say that you know a lot of these questions people have has nothing to do with intellect. We all have different experiences, and environments, and have different thoughts, and you know, bringing up all these 
different perspectives and raising these questions really allows us all to have a clearer picture of our of ourselves and and understanding ourselves and 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 knowing others and knowing other cultures so yeah thank you so much kelly for coming on to the cafe discussion glad to be here Thank you for listening to the Get to Know You Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrag. Be sure to listen to Tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me to post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe.